What's going on? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. Show me what democracy looks like. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, if you want to weigh in on any of the topics we are chatting about, 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, just for folks who may not be aware, uh, Liz Cheney losing in uh, galactic fashion as she did. Uh, that is what democracy looks like. That's it. That uh, You just saw it. Landslide loss uh, yesterday in Wyoming. It was like, what, uh, 70-something to 20-something percent? It was, it was like a 40-point spread, which is astounding. And because uh, a landslide is generally the conventional wisdom, the traditional uh, generally accepted definition of a landslide is anything over 10 points. A double-digit victory is a landslide. And so she lost by like four landslides. But I'm sure like that definition might have to get tweaked a little bit in today's day and age. It's not. Yeah, we can't call it a landslide. It's they're going to say, well, technically, there's no real definition of a landslide. And and so uh, much like we had to redefine the term recession, we had to redefine the term raid. Uh, we had to redefine the term inflation. Uh, I guess now we have to redefine the term landslide. So I offer translide. It's a landslide that does not identify. You, you, see, you see the pattern, right? It's a landslide that doesn't identify as a landslide. Now, she did have some comments after her defeat, which I think everybody knew was coming. And uh, I just want to highlight one portion of it because it, it, it details her plan for her future, which I'm sure we are all super, super interested in. And knowing, like, what is this really popular lawmaker going to do now that she got blown out by uh, four translides, right? What is next for Liz Cheney? I think we may be able to divine, I don't know, some sort of path forward. Listen to these comments she made. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House Mm -hmm. before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. All right, so I'm thinking this is how I understand it. So lose a Senate race, check. Lose a House race. Check. Step three, something. Step four, win presidency. Save the union. I think that's the way, I think that's what she's planning to do. I'm sure she'll figure out step three at some point. I'm not really sure, not clear how that's going to happen, but uh, some way between the loss of the Senate race, loss of a House race, she's just like Lincoln, step three to be determined, and then four, bam, you're president. I mean, of course, the downside there is the whole civil war component and then the assassination, of course. But like, uh, put that stuff aside for the moment. This is about Liz Cheney's uh, future. This is about what she wants for America. And she apparently uh, is uh, she's conjuring up the visage of Abraham Lincoln and casting herself as a fellow traveler on Lincoln's path. But uh, no delusions of grandeur there, I would say. Not at all. Uh, There was uh, 
comments, a couple comments here on this race. I'm going to get to a couple of the other uh, results, too. And, and there are a lot of people trying to make a lot of uh, analysis about all of this, especially in like the other, especially in the Alaska races. I mentioned yesterday the ranked choice nature of those elections. It's They're not going to be settled for now weeks. So uh, we're not really sure what to make of all of that, although some people are trying, uh, trying to, you know, write the narrative. There was, uh, I thought, a pretty good, um, a pretty good explanation where Robbie Sove, who is, uh, he's a libertarian guy, and he said, um, if Liz Cheney was being thrown out of office for being part of a political dynasty that brought chaos to the Middle East, that would be one thing, but she's being tossed exclusively because she crossed Donald Trump makes it a bit harder to rejoice, in my humble opinion. Okay, so libertarian guy would rather have seen Liz Cheney lose because of the actions of her father, (laughs) as all good libertarians hold people to task for things their dad did. But, um, you know, the the political dynasty, the Cheney dynasty and the neocon, uh, you know, uh, uh, wars and such, that that's what Robbie would have preferred be the reason for Cheney's loss. This prompted a response from a fella named uh, Jason Hopkins, uh, who works at IRLI Law. And anyway, he said uh, she didn't simply cross Trump. She became obsessed with Trump. That's her identity now. And if you look at some of the other candidates, for example, Kemp down in Georgia, uh, who, quote, crossed Trump, but he easily won his party's nomination. He's polling pretty well in the general election, too, because he kept focus on other issues. Liz Cheney did not. I I often say Donald Trump broke a lot of people's brains. And, And I say this for people who are on sort of both sides of that, where if you can't view an issue, a topic, a philosophy, a, a policy, a bill, whatever. If if you can't view anything outside of the prism of Donald Trump, either Trump good, Trump bad, whatever, if everything gets filtered through that, then I would kind of throw you in that category that Trump broke your brain, just like uh, with you know critical race theorists, where everything has to be filtered through this prism of race. I, I think I think you're you're being overly myopic, right? Narrow-sighted, near-sighted on this. You're 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 ignoring all sorts of other factors at play. You know, constituent services matter, especially in congressional races. And if your congresswoman has made it her mission to make sure Donald Trump never runs again or is never elected again and that's that's all she cares about, is that is that constituent services? Is that her representing you or is that her representing her own particular politics or ideology? I, I, on elections, I always say, you know, the, the candidates matter. Their campaigns matter. And when it comes to incumbents, their constituent services matter a lot. You help somebody get a passport on a short deadline like that stuff matters. People will vote for you because of your constituent services. Your office sends flowers to somebody who just lost a relative, and so you your, your office becomes aware of it or something, and this person is somewhat, like, on the periphery of your orbit, and you send them flowers, 
You send them a note, something, a call, that goes a long way. That stuff goes a long way. And I, I suspect that's kind of what uh, did Liz Cheney in. Uh, well, I mean, that and the anti-Trump stuff. Like just her, I mean, there are a lot of pro-Trump folks in Wyoming and you alienated all of them. And I don't know how she thought she had a pathway to victory in doing so, but I mean, that, she also had a whole bunch of money she didn't spend. Yeah, some really weird decisions. Again, if you are trying to win re-election. So if you don't understand the outcomes you're seeing, reassess your assumptions. And I think a lot of people assume she was actually trying to win re-election and maybe, maybe she wasn't. Maybe she wasn't because, I mean, if you think about it, if she had won re-election, then she stays in Congress and then she can't be Lincoln, right? And if the goal is to be Lincoln, you got to lose. You have to lose a House seat so you're on the same path. There you go. Glad I could connect those dots for everyone. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. By the way, the email is Pete at the Pete Show dot com, and that is Callender with a K. Callender. I was thinking today on the drive in, maybe I missed an opportunity when I started in radio. Lo, those many years ago, I should have uh, just gone with a different pronunciation of my last name, like Kaliner. Maybe that would have been easier. Because, man, nobody can spell my name. Although it does cut down on the stalkers. So, uh, got an email from Joseph who says, uh, Liz Cheney threw her entire political identity in on the January 6th committee. And her defeat was less about her than it was a rebuke of that committee. I think she did it knowingly because she's ready to grift a bit. All while basking in the adoration of Joe and Mika's uh, of the media world. I suspect that's going to be part of it. You know, at some point you realize uh, you're not looking too good for reelection. And um, I think it was personal for her because Trump went after her daddy. Seriously, right? Trump Trump went after the entire neocon uh, ideology, you know, when he when he bashed the wars and he bashed uh, the military uh adventurism in the Middle East and, you know, forever wars and all that. And I think, you know, I I think that that made it personal for her. And um, I don't know. I I think that that matters. I think constituents see that. She also then threw her lot in with the J6 committee, giving it this, uh, I saw, where was it? Was it ABC News that called it this yesterday? I still have the article I read from. Uh, yesterday where said that uh, she was one of the uh, members of the J6 committee, which gave the um, trying to find the exact word. It said something like which gave the uh, the committee the uh, bipartisanship that it needed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, they made it bipartisan. Mm hmm. And this is the problem, and I've said this before. Whatever good the J6 committee is able to achieve, whatever information it's able to suss out and make public, is undermined by the total lack of credibility because it's not an adversarial format. There's no opportunity for people to object, for people to push back, to offer an explanation. It's all filtered through 
the made-for-TV scripts that the J6 committee actually hired a TV producer to do. I don't actually I don't necessarily knock the hiring of the TV guy to make this a more entertaining or uh, watchable endeavor. I, I don't knock them for doing that. I'm fine with that. Look, I I try to be as entertaining and informative as I can be. Hopefully one of the two. But I strive to be both. I don't always, I rarely succeed. But I try to do both. So I, I understand the value of making it palatable for as wide of an audience as possible. But the key is the adversarial format, which, ironically enough, would have made it more watchable for more people. But it but it, it would have undermined the uh, the direction that the committee wanted to go and and the message that they wanted to put out there and that and so now it's never going to have that kind of credibility this is from uh i don't eisengabe i don't know if this is an actual it's the this person is a uh, editor at rrh elections it's a conservative election blog that reports on the down-ballot races, redistricting, and politics, uh, and they do so from a uh, from a conservative position. And uh, the editor says, the knock I have against Liz Cheney is that she self-immolated, set herself on fire, she self-immolated her career for nothing. Her stand against Trump was counterproductive. Instead of using her position within the GOP to help the party forge a new post-Trump direction, she joined with Democrats to keep Trump as the focus. Right? So if you if you think Trump is the worst thing to happen to the party, why on earth do you continue to keep focusing on him? Charles C.W. Cook from National Review. And he uh, uh, won a citation here from Levi Boschnack, who says, sir, I mean, her way of doing things wasn't going to advance the party toward a successor to Trump, but... We need voices that are willing to call a spade a spade, even at the expense of their own careers, in addition to those moving the party post-Trump. And this editor at RRHelections.com says that the point was Cheney's efforts were counterproductive. It's not that you were serving a different purpose and you made some headway on this other thing. It's that you worked at you worked against yourself. She helped turn the narrative from Trump lost and is now spinning crazy conspiracy theories And she turned that to Democrats are out to get him. And that helps him. So it's counterproductive if her intent was to keep him out of office. It's a long distance dedication to Liz Cheney. Anyway, a new Monmouth poll out showing that the J6 committee... Might have actually backfired. Fewer Americans now think it was an insurrection <laughs> or a riot than last year. <laughs> yeah, some heck of a job there, Cheney. All right, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. Uh, let me jump over here to Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the program. How are you? Excellent bumper music there, Pete. Excellent. Excellent. That's all Chris Farrell. That's producer Chris. Okay. Well, one uh, side note. Cheney actually hired the producer to do her uh, speech last night. So that was formatted for her run. But I think the end game for her, she knows she's going to lose the presidential primary. Mm -hmm. She wants to be 
the leader of the one world global globalist. Mm. I think, and that would that would bring justification to the Bushes and the Cheneys if she would rise to that position. Yeah, but well, I'm not so sure because if she, I thought the whole premise of the neocon uh, uh, war adventurism philosophy. It always put the U.S. as the leader of that effort, right? And I'm not so sure that the, quote, globalists that uh, that we see, like World Economic Forum, I'm not so sure that they would do that either. I'm not – or uh, that they would not do that as well. I think they're looking for a center of power somewhere else. I, I, I agree and everything. I, I was kind of saying that in jest. Oh, no, I, I have no idea who these people, who, I mean, they, they move in such rarefied air, right? I have no idea the things that they talk about. They're like, the difference is between us just chatting about it on the radio is like, we, we don't, like, we could come up with some sort of globalist plan, right? The problem is we don't have the money or the people <laughs> to make it happen or the power, more importantly, right? We don't have the power or the money to make it happen. If these folks that are like super, super wealthy, those folks get together and start chatting. They do have the power and the money to make stuff like that happen. That's always been my concern. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, you know, well, for somebody and and not getting sidetracked, somebody that owns a small business that's worked at least 65 hours a week for 25 years Mm -hmm. and everything for them to go out and hire these IRS agents and everything. And they're mainly going to go for the businesses that, uh, you know, get a lot of cash and everything. And so it's just going to, you know, they're going after the middle class and it's a sad day. And if these Republicans that are getting elected and some of them are backed by Trump's, if they don't start going in there and defunding some of these departments, especially like the FBI, the IRS, and stuff like that, we we have no chance. We need to have a national referendum on defunding and downsizing these agencies. Yeah, it's the it's it's why I'm a small government, limited government guy. Because yeah. I mean, it's it's the you know George Washington credo, right? Which is Government is like fire. It is a useful servant, but a fearful master. And when you create such an extensive array of agencies, um, the the natural tendency is for them to take more and more liberty from the citizens. That's exactly. just the natural state. Ralph, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Take care. Let me uh, jump over here and get Jimmy on. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. Yeah. I don't. I don't see her winning a primary against Trump. I think the plan is to. They'll probably run her as an independent if Trump is the Republican candidate, and you'll have all these never Trumpers call her. You know, she is a true conservative and all that stuff, and you know, and and, and try to draw the votes away from Trump to keep you know just just pretty much a. Uh, well, so all right, so let's all right, let's let's uh, let's work with that game theory. Um, if that's the case, she's she's in there to play spoiler, right? She's going to run as an independent. She's going to be a spoiler, and the premise is she's going to take tr- uh, votes away from Donald Trump. But if she's attracting never Trump votes, who is she actually drawing those votes from? Yeah, no, but you know, you got a lot of dumb voters out there. You know, you have your dumb voters on the Republican side that see, 
But she she's a Republican. She used to, be, you know, she's Dick Cheney's daughter. Sure, sure. No, I I, I agree. No, I, I agree. You, you you're going to have you're going to have those people. Absolutely, you're going to have people that uh, don't like Donald Trump. They uh, you know he he is a brute. He's uh, you know he's he's a lech. He's whatever you want to call. It. Like they have all these uh, ideas about him. They don't like him. Uh, even though they like some of his policies, they can't vote for him. They want him to go away. And so she offers them an alternative. Absolutely. But the people who already hate Donald Trump and would never vote for him, they may not be looking for somebody on the Democrat ticket like a Kamala Harris. They may not want to pull the lever for Harris, right? So mm-hmm. Cheney would actually be the candidate that could take advantage of some of that uh, some of that demographic, some of those never Trumpers who uh, don't want to go with Trump because they don't like him, but voting for the Democrat is unpalatable. And and if Joe Biden doesn't run again, seriously, who's like, what's the Democrat bench even look like at this point, right? So they, they don't have they don't have a whole lot of attractive candidates that are going to make I think you know more conservative or or right leaning voters. I don't think they have a lot of candidates that they can woo those voters with. So then that was the that was what Biden offered them. They were Biden made them feel okay because he was a creature of Washington. Everybody kind of knew him and he was seen as this moderate. But who do you run on the Democrat ticket? Do you think that would be able to appeal to a right leaning or you know moderate to right voter? Yeah. Let's say the big up Al Gore, but he, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, maybe uh, Pete Bootygig. I don't know. I, I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who you who you get on the Democrat I'm, ticket if it's not Biden. Pete, I'm black, and when I bring up the name Bootygig to uh, other black people about voting, because they, yeah, they they are really soured on Biden. It gets real sour because they're just not for the gay thing. Uh, well, I mean, there, and that would be that would be a problem in the Democrat primary form. Absolutely. Um, and so, like I said, I don't know who the Democrats would be able to put up there that would be able to win the votes of the, the right leaning, more moderate uh, people that are turned off by Donald Trump, but don't want to vote for a Democrat. So maybe Liz Cheney, not only does she draw some votes away from Trump, but she could also draw votes away from the Democrat. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Jimmy, I appreciate the call, buddy. All right, thank you. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. Uh, Politico. This is actually a really interesting story uh, by Alex Eisenstadt. Whatever. Anyway, Alex writes, Last July, Wyoming Republican Harriet Hageman drove seven hours from her home in Cheyenne to Jackson, Wyoming, to meet with a major donor who wanted her to wage a primary campaign against Donald Trump's top nemesis, Liz Cheney. When Hageman arrived for the breakfast meeting the following morning, she was greeted by a surprise guest, former Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Hageman had heard from an array of Wyoming Republicans urging her to take on Cheney, but Meadows was dialing up the pitch making the case for Hageman to jump in and putting her on the phone with Ohio Representative Jim Jordan, another staunch Trump ally who reinforced that point. After leaving the breakfast, Meadows called Trump and encouraged him to meet with the soon-to-be candidate, according to a person familiar with the discussion. My guess is it's Meadows, but whatever. The episode illustrates Trump's all-encompassing role 
in the effort to oust Cheney, which culminated Tuesday in a lopsided primary defeat for the congresswoman. Hageman ran with Trump's support, was advised by Trump's lieutenants, and was funded by his donors. I mentioned yesterday one of the complaints that the national Republicans uh, are uh, uh, PACs are having is that Trump is just vacuuming up all of these small dollar donations and he's not helping fund any Senate campaign races at the national level through the NRSC, the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Right? He's not giving any of this money. He's not helping with these uh, swing states or with these candidates that he's endorsed. But this, I think, is why he's got his own super PAC. And uh, what's the name of it here? Uh, something, yeah, Save America is the name of it. And that super PAC got involved in this race. And I think more importantly, it shows growth. It shows some growth in Trump's uh, infrastructure, the organization, the people around. Right? One of the things that I think is the reason why Trump did not um, get a lot of the stuff he wanted to get done. He was unable to do so. And he got, yes, he was taking, uh, you know, fire from all directions and all of that. But I think he would have gotten more done had he known uh, how Washington, D.C. operates. Had he been, you know, more in tune with the IOU system, right? And the uh, that the nature of that stuff. I think he may have been able to get more stuff done. I think it was the similar uh, thing that happened with uh, Jimmy Carter. But also you had a lot of Republicans that did not want to go work for Trump. They blackballed people. And so Trump wasn't able to tap into sort of institutional knowledge. And that hamstrung him as well. And a lot of his decisions, much like a lot of his, you know, off-the-cuff remarks and his interviews... They're just kind of all over the place. He wasn't disciplined. For, and, and you have to be disciplined. You're, when you're in politics, man, like this is strategy. This is communications tactics, right? You have to be disciplined in your message. That's what I think Ron DeSantis has that Trump doesn't, is this focus. He gets asked a question, and DeSantis stays on that question and dismantles that question. And addresses the points in that question. He doesn't start going all over the place. And I think Trump suffered a lot because of, and that look, that, that makes him, I think, uh, the businessman that he was, right? I think that uh, it, it makes him, well, well, I'll just leave it there. That made, So, like, there, he's an ideas guy. And he gets a lot of ideas. Like, second to second to second, different ideas. But it creates chaos. And you can say to some degree you want a chaos candidate. That's fine. But at some point, the chaos becomes so destructive that you don't actually get anything done. This indicates that they've gotten some discipline. And that might actually be the biggest story. To me, at least, this might be the biggest story. Because if you've gotten all these people that are able to find a candidate, vet them, right? Find a good candidate, vet that candidate, clear the field for them line up the money and then put them up in the election and they see uh, the landslide result, that breeds more winning, you know, not to get all Charlie Sheen on you, but that breeds more winning. People want that mechanism to work for them too. 
One of the other things <clears throat> this Politico piece mentioned was that Cheney made some weird moves. She had more than $2.8 million in her campaign account. Big head start. Um, but to the bafflement of top Republicans, Cheney would remain off the TV airwaves until December when she aired a holiday-themed ad that made no mention of her opponent. She just went after Trump. Further confusing Republicans was her apparent decision not to air commercials, elevating another candidate, Bouchard, who could have cut into Hageman's share of the anti-incumbent vote. She didn't do that either. She actually has somewhere around $7 million left in her federal campaign account, which is kind of weird. Kind of weird. Cheney has said repeatedly that if losing her seat was the cost to standing up to Trump, she was willing to do it. Now we'll find out what the plan was with all that money and all those decisions. <laughs> 